Time for the Rural News with Monique Steele. And Fonterra has slashed its forecast milk price. What does this mean for farmers? Well, they say it means it will be near impossible to make a profit this year. This morning, Fonterra downgraded the midpoint of its forecast milk price by a dollar to $7 a kilogram of milk solids. This is due to declining global dairy prices and falling demand from our key market, China. Chief Executive Miles Hurrell says demand should pick up by early next year, but acknowledged the downgrade will be a bitter pill for farmers to swallow. Make no bones. I mean, this is going to be really uh, tough uh, for, for our farmer shareholders. There's, um, you know, puts them below a fair chunk of our farmers below their cost of production, so they're going to be running to losses uh, for for the season ahead. So that's not a great position for them. Uh, we just need to 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 do everything we can to support them, uh, keep our order book uh, flowing, uh, getting cash to them as fast as we can. But uh, you know, it's, it's going to be very uh, very tough for our farmers. A tough message for them to receive today. Fonterra supplier and Taranaki share milker Sam Ebbett says he's gutted by the news. He says the level of the drop wasn't expected and it will be felt across the dairy industry, which is in its busiest time of year. Being a bearable order um, share milker, we don't own the cows or have any debt on the cows. Put it in perspective, that $1 drop for us represented about 80000 wiped off between the start of milking this morning and the end of milking. Amplify that by some of these guys that are on much larger farms and 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 have a lot higher levels of debt. Um, that numbers, some of those numbers are going to be massive. Not much we can do because everyone's in the middle of calving, so cows still need feeding, calves still need um, picking up and feeding, and everything still ticks on. It is what it is. Federated Farmers Dairy Chair Richard McIntyre says it's vital the banks support farmers during this tough time. It is a difficult time, so you know, what I encourage every farmer to do is sort of, um, you know, look after their animals first and foremost, then get home and enter into the budget, and and work out a bit of a plan from there. You know, that will likely involve um, getting their trusted advisors together and um, just working out the most appropriate way forwards to cash flow. You know, obviously, really important at this point. You know, we've got a lot of interest rates are very high. We've had a lot of um, a lot of farming businesses are coming off, you know, reasonably good fixed interest rates and onto some very high interest rates at the moment and um, so what we need the banks to do is to support um, support dairy farmers through this tough time and take a long-term view of um, their farming or the viability of their farming businesses. That's Richard McIntyre. To other news, politicians have dangled the carrot in front of growers, telling the horticulture sector what they'll offer if elected in October. Speaking at the horticulture conference in Ototahi this morning, Eugenie Sage said the Green Party will ensure climate change mitigation efforts continue. She says devastation to crops during Cyclone Gabriel show why they're important. Because we need to stop those uh, floods, those massive heat waves that we're seeing in Europe, We can do that by bringing our emissions down. We now have the framework to do that through the Zero Carbon Act, through an emissions reduction plan which goes right across government so that all ministers now are responsible for uh, taking action to protect the climate. Sam Uffendale says National is focused on securing labour and cutting red tape for growers. Uh, It's important that we optimise value, so we want to make sure that we're building more trade partnerships Getting an FTA with India is a high priority for the National Party, uh, but also making sure that we're expanding into other markets, looking at the Middle East and then looking over to Africa. Um, There's a lot of potential there. We we grow some excellent produce and we want to make sure we can get it out to the world. Um, Some other pieces in that space, we want to be uh, reducing the red tape that you're currently facing. We've already announced a no-duplication rule, so 
if government asks you for, for some information, then we're going to say you can only ask once because we don't want you spending all day in your office. We want you out there growing and, and on the farm. Andrew Hoggard says ACT will remove the RAC cap and ensure the Resource Management Act is fit for purpose. And Labor's Angela Roberts said it's hard to make promises as Labor hasn't yet released its manifesto. But she says the government has already supported the industry through the pandemic and helped drive growth, something Labor will continue to do. Produce exporter TNG Global says reduced apple volumes due to Cyclone Gabrielle damage is a major factor behind its half-year loss. As you may have heard in the business news, the company posted a $15.7 million loss for the six months ended June, compared to the previous year's profit of $5.7 million. Company Chief Executive Gareth Edgecombe says it's a difficult growing season for apples and demand has been subdued in global markets. But he says the damage from the cyclone has been the biggest challenge. Essentially we had uh, the cyclone impact on our orchards had really two main effects. One, on certain orchards we actually lost them completely and on a number of other orchards we lost productive output for the year we're in, as well as uh, reduced volume probably over the next couple of years as we get them um, back on track. And so, you know, those are the two combined effects coming out of the cyclone. Gareth Edgecombe says the company has a strong growth plan as it looks to recover. And to the sale yards, I caught up with Suze Bremner from AgriHQ earlier today. So what's been happening at the sale yards, Suze? Well, the biggest cattle sale this week was the monthly one held at Matafedo. They offered up nearly 750 head and as is always the case up there, that was mostly good quality traditional cattle. So the locals would have been very thankful for a run of fine weather and it did boost the confidence of the buyers who were there both in person and online through bidder. So the top R2 traditional steers made $2.98 to $3.08 a kilo and the heifers were $2.77 to $2.88. And R1 traditional steers made 755 to 1050 and the heifers sold for 695 to $795. And prices are picking up for prime and boner cattle at the yards. Well, there are a few gaps starting to appear at the processes for cattle and that has had a positive impact on prime and boner cattle prices at the yards. The Frisian cow average at Tamuka lifted to $2.20 a kilo, while beef cows around the country traded at $2.30 to $2.50. So boner cows in the North Island were a little bit behind the South Island and they were mainly making $1.80 to $2 a kilo. Prime steers have mostly ranged from $2.95 to $3.20, dependent on weight and condition. And there was a big sale of breeding ewes at Stortford Lodge on Wednesday. Yeah, that's right. So there were nearly 2,000 capital stock Romney ewes sold at Stortford on Wednesday. They had come down from Tokamaru Bay's Huiurua station and that station actually sold to forestry last year and now the planting has started. It was a mission getting them to sale. They actually had to be walked out about 17k and the first attempt ended up being aborted because poor weather meant the trucks couldn't get in. So these ewes had scanned 171 to 181% to terminal rams but they were in light to medium condition and that meant they sold for around 103 to $142. That's Suze Bremner. And lastly, sales of Marlborough vineyards are setting new price records as companies look to cash in on the region's success. Director for Colliers in Marlborough, Andy Poswillow, says top Sauvignon Blanc vineyards are fetching price tags in excess of $400,000 a hectare. 
He says demand is being driven by existing wine companies wanting contract-free vineyards, super fund syndicates, iwi and the lifestyle buyer. So your smaller blocks with a house on them, you know, people are moving down from the north and buying a, a vineyard clearing in excess of 130000 150000 a year after expenses uh, and they're buying those for sort of uh, around the $4 million mark. Uh, we're running out of land for development. Uh, and that's sort of been driving prices as well. So, look, there is, is demand for all asset classes, whether it be a 200 hectare down to an 8 hectare vineyard. Wine Marlborough's General Manager Marcus Pickens says the interest is not surprising, given the region's international acclaim as a prime growing region. He says after tough COVID years and a crushingly low yielding harvest in 2021, vineyards have bounced back. And that's the rural news for this week. Kia pai tera.